0: Hi, this is Dawn Sharina. this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. Well, I've been trying to do this show all day, kind of, and it's just been nothing but distractions and all kinds of stuff, and even now, um, the cats are just um, a little loopy, so um, if there's any background noise and stuff like that, just rest assured that it's um, kitties and the dog, and I don't know what's going on. I mean, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. So let's just leave it at that. Um, it's been nothing but rainy and crappy for the past week, I think, week solid. God bless you. And tonight is the first night that it's not like pouring down rain. So, um, you know, I think that they're uh, they've got a little bit of cabin fever going on, as well as I do, which is a totally different situation, which I can only go into a very brief amount without. That's all I can I can just go into it briefly. Um, there was a situation at the house last weekend, and something happened, and um, I've been basically housebound for the past week due to the fact that the management here doesn't think my safety is a priority above water leaks. So I'm waiting and waiting, and on Tuesday, um, the fill will come for the door so I can actually fill the sliders where the metal is, where it's uh, hollow, and be able to secure the hasp to my door properly and um, finally be able to leave my house again after a week. Um, We just got cat food today. They weren't without food. Well, they had, they've been eating, they've not been starving, let's not not even go there. They've been eating, but they've not been eating cat food. They've been eating crap food. God, well, they, they dug it for a while, and then they got tired of it. Even the dog is like, after a certain point in time, like, oh my God. So, the cat food finally arrived today, and everybody chowed, inside cats, outside cats, Um, and they seem to be happier, and maybe that's what's going on, is that they finally ate, so they have energy. Hey, ding, 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 that could be what's going on. So, um, what the gist of this show really is, is today is the year anniversary of Doc's passing from his earthly realm to wherever plane he is on now because his physical body is no longer with us. Um, I have this morbid <laughs> this morbid thing I want to do and I want to go dig up his head, which I could easily do because it's like right there. And with the amount of rain and stuff we've had, I've actually been kind of afraid to look over in the area where I buried him because... Um, I'm thinking that his skeletal remains could very much almost be on the top of the dirt at this point in time. I haven't really looked um not really eager to see i am just I'm just saying you know, but if I leave there's not a not an if I leave here when I leave here, I will be taking Doc's head with me as weirdly morbid sick as that sounds. That's a cat trying to jump through a window. um <laughs> told you they're a little bit fucking cuckoo right now I don't know what is I mean I do know what's going on, but Anyway, so, um, what I want to, <laughs> I'm all distracted now, so what the gist of this show is basically is, uh, to honor my dog, you know, um, my past dog, um, you know, and I've done that, I've done that periodically throughout the show, but with today being the anniversary of his death and all, I just kind of felt like, um, it was necessary to say his name, so I honor my boo, my boo doc. doc. Um, and then a lot of you may not know the story of it, so I might as well just give you the brief synopsis of the doc tale and, um, you know, make this show viable because this has just been a really lurpy, lurpy day. Um, so the story of doc. I got doc when, what year did I get doc? 2011, I got doc. No, I got doc before. I got doc in two thousand and eight. Is that right? I had just gotten sober um, after after finally being di Okay, let's just let's just cut to the chase. I was in a super bad relationship with this guy, um, and uh, I was really at the height of my alcoholism and my drug my crack. I was a crackhead at that time, even though I didn't do crack right, but nonetheless. Um, So I was at the height of, I was at the height of my addiction period. Not that I haven't fallen back and forth into it, but never quite the height of what that was. Uh, So um, I had been hospitalized and all that good stuff um, after a, it was a suicide attempt, but it was more of a cry for help suicide attempt, which actually finally got me in the system and um, got me my diagnosis of bipolar and um, got me sober so, during my first foray into AA and in the 12-step programs, my sponsor suggested to me that I needed to get a dog to stay sober because um, nothing else was going to work. Now, me being a, you know, by-the-book by the, by the kind of girl, I was like, no, the big book says plant first. And she's like, you need a dog or you're going to relapse immediately. So, like two days later, she hits me up and is like, uh, midnight, dress in black. I'll be at your door. Well, she'll be, you know, will be ready. I'm going to come to get you. And I'm like, Midnight, what the hell is going on? But I did what she said because she was my sponsor, right? And I was in the very beginning stages of my sobriety. And your sponsor, in a weird way at that point in time, is kind of like a god to you. Um, you know, you're supposed to have a higher power and all. And in those stages, in the beginning parts of sobriety, your sponsor is kind of like your higher power. Um, AA is kind of a weird thing. I'm not going to diss it because it works for a lot of people, and it did work for me for a period of time. So I met her all in black, and um, <laughs> and we start driving. And I'm back in I'm still in, I'm in Connecticut at this time, and we're driving towards Waterbury, which isn't really one of the best places um, to go at night. It's not really one of the best places to go during the day, but it's really not a good place to go at night. And I'm like, so what's going on? She's like, we're going to get you a dog. And I'm like, it's midnight and we're going to Waterbury. And she's like, yep. So we pull up to a gang yard of a known affiliated gang, which I'm not going to, you know, say who it was. And she points out this dog to me, this puppy the whole stereotypical gang yard dog, bait dog thing. Um, little puppy, massive chain, th- through tires, through bricks, through cinder blocks. And she's like, there's your dog. And I'm like, okay, right. You sure that, what the, right? So she's like, pops a trunk. And she's like, okay, go get your dog. She goes, go get the bolt cutters. And I'm like, bolt? sure than shit in the trunk there she had bolt cutters so I'm like oh my god first of all I'm like if I don't do what she says I'm gonna be stranded in Waterbury in the worst part of town at midnight trying to steal a dog by myself so I I, and to this day now I'm starting to think this was a setup that she knew these people and that this was all just part of the part of something I don't know what but so I grabbed the bolt cutters and the gate is open just enough, right, ironically, that I can slide through and I cut this poor puppy loose and scoop him up in my arms and run like hell on fire back to the car with this dirty, scared, maybe four-month-old puppy who had obviously been being trained to be killed as a bait dog because, you know, he was, he was wounded and... All that good shit and um that's how I got my doc doc and um <laughs> Oh my god, right, <laughs> what a story. And I forgot about I mean I didn't forget about it, but it's like when I retell that it's like oh my god, like who does that, right? I did. I did that and um so we brought him home and um like I said, I was like living in the house of an ex-boyfriend and uh we were on the outs and he... I actually hid Doc from him for a really, really long time before he discovered that I had a dog. And I don't remember how he found out about the dog, but once he found out about the dog... And he kind of was like, yeah, it's a dog, you know? and Because Doc was just so cool. And um, so his name, Doc, okay, right? Not because he was a doctor or because, you know, he was going to heal me or anything, but he was Doc, Department of Corrections. So every time I looked at him, I would remember where I was going to go if I went back to drinking, and I I never did. I mean, I, I, I never really actually even relapsed. I, I had a beer here and there now and again, you know, since that time. But not for the first 10 years, at least, of my sobriety. Like, I was terrified to drink again. And besides the fact that when I had been hospitalized, my liver function was under 2%, and... Um, I was dying. I was going to renal failure and all this good stuff. So, and my sponsor was ultimately right. Um, Getting a dog saved my sobriety, saved my life, and um, changed me as a person. So, Doc and I have had many, Doc and I had had many adventures. Um, He came cross-country with me from Connecticut when I left, due to a, another really bad boyfriend, again, another affiliated person, who um, actually took his wrath out on Doc, who protected me, when Doc was about four at this time, and um, Doc took the brunt of a beating that was supposed to come to me, and um, because of his affiliation and everything, regardless of the fact that he was in the wrong, I was still in danger, and Doc and I... Uh, rented a U-Haul, and moved cross-country in a three-day period of time from Connecticut to Arizona, which is how I wound up in the state of Arizona, and he lived off-grid with me for six months um, while I tried to figure out what the hell was going on in my life and, and, and all kinds of stuff, and... I had an amazing time off grid and got chased by cows and <laughs> almost <laughs> fell off hundred hundred mile long washes and found the most beautiful canyon in the world that was the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life um and and doc did it all with me you know and and then doc moved to the mountain with me and um went through all the harassment and all the bullshit that I've been through here on the mountain and was my family and was my, he was my baby, you know, and he taught me everything I needed to know about what unconditional love is, about forgiveness, about grace, about what it is to hold integrity, hold your word, um, and to live for something other than yourself and to put another soul ahead of your own because, they mattered and doc taught me all of that um you know and the funny thing is like doc (laughs) doc died and started he didn't start it but after doc's death you know and then i was like kidnapped and the rape and everything that happened and then christopher's suicide right and and it's like how different would my life have been had doc not died at that time like would Chris have stayed alive? Doubtful. Chris was Chris was on a Chris was on a collision course. There was, you know, but would it? You know, what if? What if? What if? Whatever. Right. So I'm, I can't even go there with that. But what I'm trying—I don't even really know what I'm trying to say—is that without Doc's presence in my life prior to all to those experiences, I really likely probably wouldn't have made it through. You know, Doc showed me fortitude, and he showed me that I had strength in me that I never knew. On some of the hikes and stuff that we would go on, when it was just about like, oh my God, we're not going to make it. And I knew we would have to make it because I would have to find him water, or I would have to do something for him. And I had to do it. I had to persevere for him, you know. And the amount of times that that dog saved my life... are. I don't even know because of the amount of times that I was going to get myself into a sticky situation and I would think and be like, but what will happen to Doc? What will happen to Doc if I do this? What will happen to Doc if I don't make it back? What would happen to him? I mean, he was a pit bull and um, he's still, you know, a really hated breed. And although they say that, you know, it's no kill shelters and stuff out here, um, had Doc wound up in a shelter? who knows right I don't know and I don't want to think about it because it didn't happen and because of doc you know the show dancing with bipolar wasn't born because of doc but he certainly was my co-host for a really long time during that and um you know both him and Chris but doc doc made me doc made me a lot of things you know doc made me not be an alcoholic and he didn't make me doc Helped me to not be an alcoholic anymore. Doc curbed my drug abuse, you know, and not to say that I didn't have my moments in time when we moved to Arizona where um, I was bad pet parent, horrible pet parent. Um, should have had him taken away from me numerous times when I first moved out of here because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. However, once I figured it out, and that guilt of You know, what am I doing? Where are my priorities? And what in the, you know, came up? I reprioritized. And, you know, if I hadn't had Doc, there's a good chance I would not be doing this show right now. There's a good chance that I would be no more. Honestly, you know. Um, People disregard the love of a pet a lot. And they don't really, they just don't. Not all people, but a lot of people don't look at animals as family and they don't see them as souls. And, um, Bach was the purest soul on earth. And, uh, you know, he's still around. And there's still times when, you know, it's like I'll trip on something and there's nothing there. And I know it's him in his, you know, other, otherworldly form, just like reminding me that, you know, He's not really that far away, and, um, there's times I'll catch Peanut just, like, looking and, like, wagging his tail, and I know he's talking to Doc, and, um, you know, (laughs) and I got Peanut four days after Doc passed, because I was just, I knew, I just knew that that was a door opening for me to just totally blow my life up again, and, um. You know, when Pina ever so graciously dug Doc up the second day that I had him. And, and, oh, my God. It's just, like, I never thought I'd be able to laugh about that right at the time. Because it was so horrifying. And now it's, like, oh, my God. You're digging up my dead dog. Like, and he did. He did. And, um, it's just like, and it's not funny, but it's so funny now because, like, because it 's a year later right and and you know i 've been to grief therapy, and i 've done a lot of work to process it and and doc 's death um, I was actually kind of morbidly prepared for it because he was sick for a while, and i had time i had time to like spend spend really really valuable time with him before he passed and let him know everything that I needed to tell him, unlike christopher who i didn 't have any time to tell him much of anything before he passed because it was just Things were just so screwed up, you know. And today, when I was thinking about this day last year of how my friend came in, um, my a vet tech came in to the house to actually, you know, help Doc pass easier because it had gone that far where he couldn't walk, and it was it was just all bad. And he came in, um, you know, he he put him to sleep, and we slept together for a while. Um, I actually fell back to sleep with him while he. You know, and I, it, sounds, it sounds sick, right? But, you know, and he was dead, but I, it was like I slept with him for a while. And then I got up and um, Christopher was supposed to come and help me dig the hole. And he was just too wrapped up in himself and his stuff at that time to help me. And in hindsight, you know, maybe that's just the way it was supposed to. Obviously, it was the way it was supposed to be that it was just supposed to be between me and Doc as it had pretty much been the whole time that I had him as my family that it was our sacred time that I needed to dig the hole for him and that I needed to place him in it and I needed to, I needed to do it to show that I could do it that I had the strength to, you know, give the thing I love the most the final farewell that he deserved and not have it be clouded by somebody else's addiction and issues and stuff you know and I was really mad at Christopher for a long time about that because I remember last year man it was a hot freaking day and it had not rained like it had been raining now the ground was hard and it was rocks and oh my god I'm digging that hole it was just brutal and when I dragged Doc out of the house on the tarp and got him over into there and and I was just like if I have to re-dig this hole anymore I'm just gonna leave the dog on the top of the ground and and I had he had I, I had actually curled him up enough and everything that he fit perfectly in the hole and it was just like and you know and it was just kind of like one of those things just like okay well this is just how it is you know and and then Peanut and then Peanut dug him back up and made the whole bigger. <laughs> so he fit in better the second time around. <laughs> like it sounds awful, right? But I mean that's the truth. Um so this is my kind of wacky tribute to my boo-boo doc and um how much how much he meant to me and and, and how he formed me from a completely broken and just horrible person, drug addict, alcoholic, liar, thief, everything bad, um, to what I am now, which is none of that anymore. You know, now I hold my integrity and I'm honest and um, I forgive those who hurt me and I have grace and all that stuff, which I never had prior to Doc. Um, And would I have gotten there without Doc? Nope, I'm going to say absolutely not. (laughs) I would not, I would not be alive had Doc not come into my life, honestly. I mean, I'm just going to put a, lay, lay lay it right on the line that I would have died. There's just no two ways around it. So, other than that, um, yeah, there's a whole lot going on that I can't talk about, um, A lot going on. If you're on my Insta and stuff like that, then you kind of have an inkling as to what's going on. But I'm not going to actually say anything about it because um, there's no need to at this time. Everything is handled and being taken care of. And that's all I really need to say about that. Um, I want to thank Mongolia, Malta, and Nepal. Hello. Amazing. Um, For keeping me on the charts for like the past four weeks solid. You guys are rocking. Appreciate the hell out of that. Um, there's other stuff I wanted to say, but my head just kind of went blank and, uh, I think I need to eat something and, um, maybe just shut it down for the day. It's been a really, really emotional week of realities and, um, of realities, I guess it's just one way to put it, of knowing that, um, although I may be important to a whole lot of people in the world, I am not important to a soul in this trailer park and, The feeling that they would still prefer that I be dead is really heightened by the fact that my security and safety are not worth the five minutes of somebody coming over here and giving me a can of fill for my door so I can, you know, get my latch back into the door without it coming in and out, you know, because it's a hollow door. Um, You know, my perception, right? Again, my perception, but um, it's a pretty good perception that, you know, I've been housebound for a week now and they just can't be bothered to help me because, you know, roof leaks are more important than five minutes of coming over here and helping me with a simple thing. So, you know, I am absolutely planning on moving. I'm not going to say where yet because I I have an idea where I want to go and I'm looking into um 55 plus housing which at finally my age might be an advantage to me to find a place to live that isn't going to bankrupt me um you know $300 monthly electric bills that are obviously not mine and my power is obviously being stolen but I can't prove it because I can't because I don't because it's just the way that they bill out here so um again I'm just going to leave that alone right now um I have a VPN on my phone That's all I'm going to say about that situation. Um, So you can put two and two together maybe and figure that out. If anybody's got any weird messages or anything from me, it's not me. It also goes back to the situation I really can't talk about right now. Um, Hence the VPN on my phone. (sighs) Okay, is that enough clues? (laughs) If you guys can figure it out, MacGyver's out there. Um, Other than that, we're all good. (laughs) Right? After, you know, being home invaded and all this and all that. We're all we're good. We're good. Everything is good. It really is. Everything is good. I'm protected. I'm well protected. I have guardian spirits, my ancestors, um, lots of love. Not from the people in my neighborhood, but lots of love that protects me. And um, you know, I got my spirit on my booba outside and I could be no more protected than having knowing that Doc is here as a guardian angel for me. So pretty heavy episode, I guess, but it is what it is. Um, everybody say a prayer for their past pets. Um, say their names. Remember that they're only, um, they're really only a heartbeat away, you know? And, um, yeah, I need to eat. (laughs) I'm fucking losing my mind here. Um, I finally got my verbal contracts, so that's an official deal now. Um, Yeah, I can't get into that because it will go into the subject. But either way, that's official now. So I am officially the verbal ambassador for bipolar disorder. It's contracts. Everything is signed and good. So finally got that squared away. Okay, so I think that's it. I'm going to end it now. And um, if I think of anything else, there's always another show to come. So this is Dawn Sharon. This is my podcast, answering Bipolar. And uh, hey, let's all stay alive, okay? Later.